Don't all of us have one father? Didn't one God create us all? And what makes a perfect parent? Well, stay with me in today's show. We're going to answer these questions and so much more. Hey friend, welcome to the Shattered in a Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. Well, last week we spoke about our Heavenly Father. We spoke about can we approach Him with our pain? And we answered some misconceptions or discussed rather some misconceptions about why we may find it difficult to approach Him. But at the end of the message, we determined that God is a God of nurture and that the world is crying out for Him and He truly is truth and love made simple. It's not complicated. We discussed God's character, and I encouraged you to dig deep and determine who it was that you needed God to be to you in whatever season of life you're going through. And today, I want to just highlight two characters of God, two names of God, and that is Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Rapha. Now, as we discuss this today, I want to remind you that sometimes we evaluate our Heavenly Father by how our earthly Father has treated us or not treated us rather. So if our earthly Father is absent from our lives, we can be left in a very vulnerable position. At the same time, our Father could be present and cause extreme pain by His actions or rather His non-actions. Meaning he's there, but he's passive. He's not really involved in your life. He's not really ministering to you and shepherding you and leading you in the way that a father is meant to lead. In both cases, this can lead us to a false view of fatherhood, which ultimately damages our perspective of our Heavenly Father, unless we know his character. So this is so important to understand because, you know, if we're exposed to Christianity and the gospel or any kind of church atmosphere or religion growing up as a child, you know, that is something that we've heard over and over and over that God is our Father, God is our Father, right? Our Father, which are in heaven. And so if we have a earthly Father that is not really present in our life, or, you know, things are happening in that relationship, in that father-son or father-daughter relationship that are not healthy and is not mirroring God and his character and biblical values, that can be harmful as we develop and grow. And so when those needs aren't met or when those voids in our life are not being fulfilled, then we look for those things to be filled in other ways, in other places, or through other people, and that can be extremely damaging. So when our image of our father is distorted, it becomes damaging to our lives. And if we believe that this, you know, if we value our, or begin to reflect upon our Heavenly Father as our earthly father, or vice versa, it begins to push us away from the very one that we need to draw close to. Because if our earthly father is failing us, 
and there's not a healthy relationship there, then we begin to reflect upon that as our Heavenly Father. And if this is what fatherhood is all about, right? I don't want anything to do with it. And so, wow, you know, earthly fathers really have such a great commission. They have such a great responsibility because they're supposed to, not that we're perfect parents, we're going to talk about who the perfect parent is, but the great responsibility for a earthly father is they really mirror God. They're supposed to mirror God in the closest form that they can. Not that they'll ever be God because they won't, but the father is to be a picture of the heavenly father. And so here are some of the lies that we begin to believe if that doesn't take place. God is just like my father. We begin to think that our heavenly father is just like our earthly father. And that's not the case because our earthly father will fail us because they're human. But our heavenly father will never fail us. And they will never, he, God, our heavenly father will never forsake us. We may believe the lie that we're not worth loving because our earthly father didn't really express love like we needed it. And so then we begin to think, maybe I'm not worth loving. Maybe the Heavenly Father doesn't love me either. Maybe I'm not worthy in His eyes either. That is a lie. And so you see what's happening here that Satan uses the flaws and mistakes of our earthly father to try to make us believe those lies that that is who our Heavenly Father is. And it is just that, simply lies. This is why you have to know God's character. Or another lie is, I must fulfill my own emotional needs because my earthly father is not feeling those emotional needs. Well, obviously then my heavenly father must not be able to feel them. No father can feel them. So I'm going to figure out how to fulfill and meet my own emotional needs. Lie. We can't meet our needs. Only the heavenly father can meet our needs. And so these are just a few of the many, many, many lies that the enemy speaks to us. So because those needs are not met by the earthly father, and when there is an emotional detachment from the earthly father, like I said, we begin to fill that void with the wrong things and the wrong people. And unfortunately, we know that there are many, many out there that will take advantage of a young woman or a young man that is not being shepherded correctly by their daddy. So now we've talked about some of the things that, or the lies rather, that we believe, but let's talk about what it is that we actually need from an earthly father. Well, we need his involvement. We need him to be there every day involved in our life. We need a demonstration of a healthy marriage because listen, everything flows from the marriage. It is a covenant between God, man, and woman not any other gender. There are only two genders. There is a male and a female. God created male and a female. Marriage is to be between a woman and a man. That is a healthy marriage. That is a God-ordained marriage, okay? And so we need a picture of that. We need a picture of commitment, right? Because we're making a covenant. In a marriage, we make a covenant between God, man and woman, and God is in the center of that. He is the third cord that holds it all together. We're not to be unevenly yoked. 
those are a, that's a demonstration of a healthy marriage and listen everything flows from a healthy marriage so if there's not a picture of a healthy marriage if the father is not loving the woman the wife like Christ loves the church then that unhealthy marriage begins to flow down into the atmosphere and the influence of the children in the home and so everything flows from a healthy marriage but what's another thing well we need our father's support we need his trust we need his unconditional love you know when we think about a perfect father when we think about and by the way the only perfect father is the heavenly father we're going to get there in a minute but the way our father treats us is a reflection of how we may view God so if there's constantly a, a father in the home treating their child with anything but unconditional love or treating them harshly and being violent that is not a picture of who our Heavenly Father is. He is full of grace and mercy and unconditional love. He's full of forgiveness. And so that's what we need to see a picture of. And what's another thing? We need to see our Father being a strong spiritual leader. We need to see that He's a positive role model. So the need and influence from a Father is extremely important and great. And we need these things in order to navigate events and development in our childhood, our early adulthood. It will impact everything as we grow. Academic success, relationships, how we mentally develop as well, and, and maybe even how we begin to overall cope with life. So there's a dark influential culture out there that we face each and every day. And there is a battle between life and death. There's a battle between light and darkness. There is a battle between truth and lies. And we got to know what side to be on. And listen, when it comes to our earthly fathers and even our earthly mothers, I'm going to speak into that too, because our mothers can fail us just like our fathers. So this is in general with a parent, earthly parents. Let me just say this. We have to understand it is painful to grow up with a broken childhood, and it does impact your adult life. But we have to understand at some point that these are human people, and they can never be to us what God can be to us. They're human, so they're going to make mistakes. They're going to fail. And what we have to understand at some point along in our journey is, listen to these words, they simply were not able to meet all of our needs for one reason or another. And as we go through the healing process, we have to dig deep and understand that a little bit more. Like I want you to think about, and we've mentioned this before in another episode, but I want you to think about their history, their childhood. How, you know, look back and, and determine how, how was their parents? Now, this is not an excuse. I'm not leaving, trying to make room for an excuse at any in any kind of way, shape, or form for our parents because we all make choices every day. And at some point, we have to say, that's it. This is it. I draw the line. I am not going to repeat an unhealthy pattern from my parents. I'm going to speak to, 
this generational curse right now, the wrong way of doing things, and I determined today that I'm not going to parent the way that my parents parented me. Now, that may be you. That may be your journey. I'm just saying we can end the bad, the unhealthy way of parenting. We can do that through us, through the choices that we make, and through understanding who the Heavenly Father is and learning His character and learning to be more like His character. So we can make those changes, but that is a choice that every individual must make. And maybe your mom or dad didn't make that decision. Maybe they didn't know how. Now, this is where grace and mercy creep in. You have to enter into a place of grace and mercy. Maybe their parents didn't shepherd them well, and then that rolled over into their development. And so they simply were not able to meet some of the needs that you had that they failed to meet. Maybe they didn't understand God's character themselves. Maybe they didn't know that they could say, I can overcome this. I don't have to parent this way. You see, parenting, what happens in the home becomes a learned behavior. For example, how your parents expressed anger. If you saw that over and over and over growing up, I mean, come on, if you spent 18 years in a, in a home before you left home where you saw a certain way or form of anger displayed in your home, you've learned how to do that. You've, it's a behavior that you've picked up. And so now you think, oh, this is just the way you, you one must express their anger or deals with their anger. Nope, nope, nope. You've got to look into the word and you got to learn what healthy anger is, what righteous anger is, and what sinful anger is. And you have to learn how to deal with your anger in a healthy way. You see what I'm saying? So we can learn unhealthy patterns from our parents. And so that could be the case with your earthly mom and dad. So just dig deep there and begin to understand a little bit more. And at some point, you just have to release them. You just have to say, Father God, they weren't able to meet my needs or didn't choose to meet my needs, whatever it may be, but I'm not going to live in that space anymore. So today I release them to you in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak blessing over them. I speak blessing over my parents in the name of Jesus. And Father, thank you that you have introduced your character, your faithful character to me, that you, you alone are my father. You are my heavenly father, the one that never leaves me, the one that never forsakes me, the one that heals me, restores me. You are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You are Jehovah Rapha, my healer. You are everything, Elohim. You are everything, everything that I need you to be. There's no one else, no one else that can be that to you. It is only the heavenly father. So I want to encourage you Press into that character. Press into that person. Press into that nature. Because that nature says in Jeremiah 33, 6, Behold, I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. Anybody need some peace and truth today? Well, get into the word and learn God's character because that is where you will find everything you need. That's where your security, your peace, and your truth Will come from. Now it says in Malachi chapter 2 verse 10, don't all of us have one father? Didn't one God create us all? So isn't that interesting? Isn't that comforting? Me and you, we have the same, if you're a believer, me and you, we have the same father. We all have the same father who has the same character, the same nature. One God created us all. So let's talk about that God. Let's talk about how he is the perfect parent. 
God began to speak to me about how he is the perfect parent as I was, interesting enough, just walking across a parking lot uh, this week. And it inspired me to dig a little bit deeper into it and just get into the Word and read. And, you know, because I'm a parent, I have a eight-year-old son, two older children that God gave me uh, to raise years ago. And so, you know, I, I've been able to look back as I parented and reflect upon things, ah, oh, you know, I just didn't do so well because I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, but And I didn't want to default back to what I was exposed to as a child, which was an absent father. And sin just crept in in so many different ways and, and shapes. But I was determined that, okay, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I do know that God loves me. I do know his word. And so I pressed into his word and just tried to do the best that I could. And isn't that what we all do? And so I was able to look back and go, man, I didn't do things so well here, or maybe I've done some of these things well, and, you know, see the kind of the pros and cons, the mistakes and the successes, and also, you know, learn what I want to do better now that I have a young child back in the home that I didn't maybe do so well in the previous years, that type of thing. But if we want to look to be a good parent, we have to look to the perfect parent. And so the perfect parent, he God is the perfect parent. He's the only perfect parent. And as he shepherds us and as he raises us, he never is sinful in his responses towards us. Okay. So we are like children who are disobedient at times. And I'm sure that we frustrate God at times. I'm sure he may be even disappointed and our actions and our choices at times, but he is faithful to always love us, never leave us, never forsake us, and pour his mercy and his grace upon us. So there are times also that we rebel against him, right? I mean, think about your children in, our, in your home now. Don't they get disobedient? Don't they talk back? Aren't they disrespectful? Don't they rebel? Even as they grow into, you know, teens and young adults, uh, particularly teens. But what, how do we feel at that time? You know, we, how do we think, how do we feel as an earthly parent? Well, our, I'm sure our Heavenly Father feels the same about us, but how does He respond to us? It's out of love and mercy and grace, and we are to do the same. So God took me to a beautiful verse in Psalms uh, 30. It's 35, and it says, for his anger lasts only a moment. Because do you know God does get angry? He has he never sins in his anger. He has a righteous anger. And that's when he sees evil and sees sin. Because God hates those things. But it says, for his anger lasts only a moment. But his favor, his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay overnight. Anybody had any weeping going on lately? Weeping may stay overnight. But, I love that word, but, that means something good's coming, right? But, there is joy in the morning. And that's a really good chapter, by the way, Psalms 30. The whole chapter is about joy in the morning, so I encourage you to dive into that and read it. If you need just a little pick-me-up. But there is joy in the morning. And his favor lasts a lifetime. I don't know about you, but I want a lifetime of favor that only comes from our perfect parent, our heavenly father. Now, foolishness is to down deep 
know, whether it's through conviction or wisdom, to know what to do, to know what is right and what to do and not to do it, simply not to do it. So one example of that is to know who can help you, where you need to turn, which is God, and to not do it. Now, Isaiah chapter 1 the Lord says, come now, let's settle this. I can help you if you only obey me and if you only let me. So the Lord says, I can help you no matter what you're going through, no matter what the issues are, I can help you. By the way, he's the only one that can, the only one. And he says, I can help you if, if you are willing to obey me and let me. I can help you if only you let me. So you have a choice there. You have a choice to say yes to the Lord and make yourself available to him and say, yes, Lord, help me. I will be obedient to what you teach me, what you show me to do in this situation. He's faithful to be there and to help you, but he is requiring some of, something of you, which we've talked about before. You have to align with him. You, ha you have to partner with him. You have to obey him. You have to do, I mean, if the Lord shows you what to do in a situation and helps you, then you've got to follow through with that, right? And so we have to be willing to come to the Lord with a vulnerable heart. I mean, he already knows anyways. He knows everything about you and everything going on in your life. And he's just waiting. He's waiting for you to turn to him and allow him to help you. He will help you. And so now let's talk about, we're going to end today's episode talking about two of his names, Jehovah Rapha and Jehovah Jireh. And of course, there are so, so many more, but these are the two that the Lord led me to talk about today. Jehovah Jireh, God, my provider, is first mentioned in Genesis 22, 1 through 14. And here we're seeing a reflection of Abraham. Here we're seeing Abraham um, taking his son, Isaac to Mount Moriah, where he was willing to offer him as a sacrifice to the Lord. Now, the Lord has told him to do this, so he's being obedient to the Lord, although Abraham, come on, had to be thinking, this is not the God I feel like I've known. Why, why would God be asking me to do that? So where, where all these questions must have been spinning around in Abraham's mind, we see him continually to move forward in action, staying faithful and obedient to God. So when he arrives at the foot of the mountain, something very profound happens to me that I see in scripture. Abraham has some servants with him and he tells them, stay here. We will come back to you. Now, there's a little tiny word, we, there, that's very important, right? We will come back to you. Now, look at the amount of faith that Abraham is displaying here when he says, we will come back to you. Now, I got to thinking about this and I thought, gosh, maybe why Abraham said that is because he understood and knew God's character so well. I mean, of course, he must have questions about why God would be asking him to do this, but he knew God's character. He knew that God would provide. See, we have to know God's character because when we know his character and we know that he's good and he's faithful, then it's a lot easier to obey whatever it is he asks us to do. And so we can test that time and time again. He stays true to who he is. And so Abraham says here, we will come back to you. Okay, so he's displaying there in his words by faith who God is. 
So he had great faith that God would raise his son from the dead or either that God would provide another sacrifice. However, God did provide in another way, didn't he? He did provide in one of those ways. He did provide a sacrifice in the moment of time that Abraham needed it. So yes, Abraham and his son Isaac, they did come back down that mountain to the servants. So what did God do for Abraham? He provided Jehovah Jireh. He provided. Now we can implement uh, Jehovah Jireh into our lives in many different ways. This is just one story. There's many stories. And by the way, God is a provider all throughout the Bible. Matter of fact, the great providence he ever did was Jesus Christ on the cross, the greatest sacrifice given for all mankind that we would be saved and healed, that we may live in eternity, the greatest sacrifice ever made. And by the way, Jehovah Jireh provided there for you and me even here today, right? This what happened with Abraham and Isaac, this was prophecy. This was a picture of what was going to come. Do you see that? Do you see how God provided here for Abraham and then how that went forward many years and then provided Jesus Christ on the cross for us? Jehovah Jireh, my God who provides. So you see that God providing a sacrifice then was a picture of God providing the ultimate sacrifice for me and for you, which was his son, Jesus Christ. Now, let's talk about Jehovah Rapha, God, my healer. I love this one. So he introduces himself as the healer first in Exodus 15. This is a few days, three days, I believe, after Moses led the people through the Red Sea, God revealed himself by his name to his people. And he did this. God tells his people why he's doing this in Exodus 15, 22, 26. Now, you can dig deep into your word and read that for yourself. But what he did, I will tell you in a snapshot right now, is he revealed to them their bitter hearts through these passages. They had bitterness in their heart. And bitterness many times can rise up in our hearts, right? Uh, we can experience a um, deep disappointment or a pain uh, in our life. And it causes, if we're not faithful to work through that or release it to the Lord and forgive, it can become a bitterness in our heart and it can lie there and be dormant. And sometimes it hides and we don't even realize it's there, but it makes our hearts hard. And that's what was happening with the Israelites. And so God led them to some bitter water to have them drink because they were thirsty and they said, why is God, why, why have you brought us here to this bitter water? Well, the Lord was doing that to teach them a reflection of what was going on in their heart, that their hearts were bitter. And so, and, and, you know, so it can also come from a crisis that you're going through in your life, a hardship, uh, financial difficulty, divorce, uh, loss, a relationship that's struggling, uh, abuse, rejection, you know, we could go on and on. But God tells us here that no matter what it is, whenever the circumstance is, he is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And by the way, the word healer means doctor or physician, and he is the greatest physician that there is. Now, we can look forward even into Luke chapter 5, 31, where Jesus tells them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous 
but sinners to repentance. Now, let's take a look at Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. Now, I love the promises that are revealed here in this chapter. And I want you to make this personal. So when you get to this in your Bible, Isaiah 53, 4 through 5, I want you to put your personal name in these passages. This is something that I use in counseling quite a bit. So I want to share that with you because you have to understand that when you truly begin to understand God's character and nature is when you're going through times of crisis. Because see, God revealed himself over and over through his names during deep times of crisis and need. And this is when he becomes our personal savior is when he meets our personal needs. So we can know him from afar, like, oh, okay, that's Jesus. Yes, I understand he died on the cross for me. And I, I've learned that he is God's only son. But it's when Jesus meets you in those deep, dark times, those times of need, and he heals you and he provides for you and he touches you in a way that's supernatural that you cannot even explain. You just know that it was him right? Like the woman at the well, like she was one way before she came to the well. She was another way when she left the well. And the only thing that was in between was Jesus. That's what I'm talking about right here. And so I want you to personalize these passages. It says, surely he has borne. The passages say our griefs, our sorrows. I want you to put your name there in your Bible. I want you to write your personal names. So it would read like this. Surely he has borne Jeannie's griefs and carried Jeannie's sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for Jeannie's transgressions. He was bruised for Jeannie's iniquities. The chastisement was for Jeannie's peace, and it was put upon him, and by his stripes Jeannie is healed. And you have to know that when Jesus hung on that cross, every one of us was on his mind. Every one of us. And so you can make this personal. This was meant for you to make it personal. That everything that was done on the cross, everything that was accomplished in that terrible act was out of love for me and you. And it is simply love made simple. Truth and love made simple is spelled Jesus. J-E-S-U-S, Yahweh. He truly is truth and love made simple. It's not complicated. These passages in Isaiah, what was accomplished was done for you and me. And it was done out of love. So who don't want to be in a relationship with a heavenly father? like this. Oh my gosh. All of our provisions and needs are met through him. So anyone need a doctor? Exodus 15, 26 says, for I am the Lord who heals you. Friends, I hope you've been encouraged by this episode today. I hope you have a wonderful week. Next week, we're going to talk about regret. Anybody have any regrets over things in their life? We're going to dig deep on the topic of regret. I love you bunches and remember, live life abundantly. If you like mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered in the Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered in the Beautiful private Facebook group 
where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way.